Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's verbally committed to the listeners. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is not celebrating his birthday today. No, uh, that would be me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who is also not celebrating his birthday. That is true, Trey Newman. And we are joined by the brother who is celebrating their birthday. Well, soon. It's my birthday week. It's yeah, my birthday soon. week. Michael yeah. Newman. Thank, thank you very much, Ryan. You're welcome. Appreciate that. You got it. Um, this is our 2019 recruiting recap episode. Of course, we just had National Signing Day. We're recording this on Wednesday night of National Signing Day. Uh, so we're going to talk about the biggest winners and losers from this recruiting cycle. Uh, but first, we have a request for the listeners. We are planning on doing our mailbag episode next week, so we need questions. It can be about anything, storylines in the offseason, question about your favorite team, uh, some of our early thoughts for next year, whatever you want to ask. A couple so, of OTs, maybe. Yeah, off topic, exactly, if you don't speak message board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which everyone everyone listening probably does. But sure. send those questions to on Twitter to at CFB Bros or via email, collegefootballbros at gmail.com. We would really appreciate uh, a lot of good questions. Because we got a lot of knowledge to share, so. So no bad questions, Braden. Looking, <laughs> look, looking at you, Braden. Um, recruiting, recruiting time. Top 10 classes per 24-7 sports, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, Oklahoma, Oregon, Michigan, Florida, and then Clemson at number 10. Uh, so if you didn't notice, four of the top five were SEC schools, and the SEC in general just cleaned up. Yeah, it was like 11 out of the top 24, I think, were were SEC schools. Crazy. Um, and these, of course, rankings aren't quite final yet. They're still... You know, a couple guys out there that have yet to make decisions, but we're close enough. So let's go around in a circle and name who we thought were first the biggest winners of okay. this recruiting cycle. All right, I'll lead us off here. Um, I'm going to go with Texas. They had the the third ranked class, as you mentioned there. Top class in the Big 12, just ahead of OU. Um, it's the second year in a row that they finished third in the nation. So Herman is definitely re- replenishing that roster with a lot of talent. And another great thing for the the Longhorns is that 10 of those recruits are already on campus. They're already enrolled. So mm. I think we're going to see quite a few freshmen make a big impact for them uh, this season. Uh, the crown jewel, though, is probably Brew McCoy, who just oh, came to them oh, lately no. oh. from a transfer already from USC. Um, although he does have to sit out, so he won't be one of those freshmen um, that plays this year. But I don't know, just the momentum keeps building down there in Austin um, after their big win against Georgia. So I, you got to say they're a winner. I would, I would agree with that. But they're not quite back yet. <laughs> nope, not, not quite, not quite. They, uh, I'm going to go with a little off the radar, Wisconsin. Uh, they don't traditionally have a good class by recruiting ranking standards. This year, they're, they're 27th. But last year, they were 45th, and they were 39th the year before that. So one of the reasons it was a, 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 uh, easy for me to say, a success, 
is because they they strengthen strengthen their O line. They landed a five star and a four star offensive tackle, and then of course Ryan, you'll be happy about this. They they got another quarterback, a four star quarterback at that. Yeah, I'm sure he'll start from day one. <laughs> they clearly addressed the need that they had there at quarterback. So I like Wisconsin's class. Get, getting a five star certainly uh, bumps up your class quite a bit. Good to hear they're finally going to have a good O line. Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> I know. <Man. laughs> Uh, okay, my first winner is Oregon. They finished seventh overall. So Mario Cristobal was, I guess, a polarizing hire. Maybe some people thought it was boring, just kind of promoting from within, but looking good so far. Um, it's their highest recruiting finish ever. And they had, unfortunately for me as a USC fan, they had a ton of success in California, Southern yeah. California in particular. Uh, they got six of the top 21 players from the state of California, and that included the number two overall player in the country, a defensive end named Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, so, yeah, they just cleaned up. And by comparison, USC and UCLA combined had three of the top 20 players from California. Yeah, I'm going to touch on that more later, but that's brutal. That's um, not a good look. But hey, I may, maybe Oregon's feeling a little happy that they have Cristobal now and Taggart decided to leave. Yeah, Who yeah, knows? I would, yeah. Anyways, um, my next winner, I'm going to go down to College Station, Texas A&M. Great first full recruiting class for Jimbo. They finished fourth in the nation. It was a pretty balanced class. They addressed a lot of needs across the board. Um, but their two best recruits were both linemen, which I think we're all a big fan of. You, you've got to win in the trenches. One's an offensive tackle. The other's a D tackle. Both five stars. So, I mean, that's what you need if you want to compete in the SEC West with Alabama and Georgia's of the world. So, um, you, after their great year this year, going nine and four with that schedule, then this type of recruiting class, Jimbo. I mean, I I was a little bit re- reluctant, I guess, maybe about the hire after what happened to his last year at Florida State. Yeah, but me too. He's putting those those uh, worries to rest here. I'm I'm on board the the Fisher train right now. I think everyone is. I think this Texas A&M here. They might be the biggest winner. Yeah. Of, no doubt. of this recruiting cycle. Like I, I think after this class and the way Jimbo Fisher was able to have success in the state of Texas, you you have to think that they're going to be a top five, top 10 team, you know, for years to come. Yep. I totally agree. All right. I'm going to continue to go off the radar. I'm going to take Virginia, Ooh. the Cavaliers. So Bronco Mendenhall, he turned some heads this this season by by surprising, and he's trying to capitalize on the success that they had. Right now, they have the 39th ranked class, but compared to the last three years, they had had the 59th, 58th, and 63rd ranked classes, so a noticeable jump. Their four best recruits are on the defensive side with two defensive tackles and two outside linebackers, so I'm expecting the Cavs to have a strong defense in the coming years, and it was a good good first or a, a good cycle for Bronco Mendenhall. It's not quite an Al Grow class, but... <laughs> They'll take it. They'll take it. Um, okay, my second winner, Florida. So this is a team that I guess during the summer and going into the the regular season, recruiting wasn't going all that well. I think people were really concerned and Florida State was off to a hot start. Yeah. But I think Florida fans and, and other people were saying it's okay, even if if Mullen gets the fifteenth class or the twentieth class, he can coach them up and they'll still be really good. That didn't happen. They ended up with the ninth ranked recruiting class after a four and seven season last year. So 
that's awesome. I mean, I would be. Yeah, no, that's great. I'd be really excited if I was a Florida fan because we we've seen what Mullen can do with. I'm not sure what his Mississippi State classes average. Maybe thirtieth, mid twenties, maybe or something. Thirty. He can he can do even better. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I'm on board there too, Mike. Um, I'm gonna go with the Maize and Blue, Michigan. Um, they're back in the top ten of the rankings. They finished eighth. Um, it was a much needed improvement after they their 22nd ranked class last year is out of character for Harbaugh. Um, they have 26 commits, so it's a it's a big class. But of those 26, six were on the offensive line, and four of them were four stars. So, you know, we all know Harbaugh loves loves him some offensive linemen, but that's a six is quite a bit. <laughs> that's well, that's been their biggest need the last few years. So I didn't realize that they I know. had that many. I so you you get it, and they're dress, definitely addressing a need there. So. Um, That's huge. But they also got some studs in the secondary, most notably uh, Daxton Hill. He's a safety out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. He was a big get for them. Kind of some drama with his recruiting. So it was good that he, for Michigan, that they ended, he ended up signing. Um, but they're number one in the Big Ten Conference. They had the best class. So that's a big deal. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So to round out my, my off-the-radar squad, I'm going to take Boise State. Now, Boise, some have indicated that that this class could be the best ever for a non-Power 5 school. They're, they're 48th right now. And I, I kind of went back and I looked and I wanted to see like what you know Central Florida had done recently. And the best they had done was a mid-50s class, I believe, last the last year of Scott Frost. And then prior to that, they were they were even worse. So they they didn't quite cross that threshold. So they're in the top 50. They landed three four-star prospects from California. Their best commit was a four-star pro-style quarterback, um, and the, and he he chose Boise over some Pac-12 schools. So, really good good haul for for Boise. And the next best class in the Mountain West is Colorado State at number eighty-five. Wow. So you, you don't think that uh, it doesn't appear Boise will be slipping anytime soon? So I've got a I've got a stat regarding that one. So you said Boise had three four stars. Yeah, that I saw. So how many? You got them all. You saw them. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, how many four stars did the rest of the G5 sign combined? Oh, wow. Oh, I'm trying to think of... I was looking at all, all, a lot of the list today, and I... I don't know. I, I saw a story that Liberty got their first ever. Um, I'll say I'll say two. So, according to 24-7 Sports, zero. Oh, oh my man. God. Zero. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. Not one... I mean, I looked, I double checked it too because I was like, "Is can that be right?" Yeah, may, I mean, maybe a couple like on different sites, but but twenty four seven, that's crazy. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, last winner we have here then is Purdue. So two years ago they were the seventy second ranked class. Last year fifty first. This year twenty fifth. They were obviously lucky that Brom stayed. I think that is turning out to be huge for them obviously he's a great coach but clearly a very good recruiter and also they were a little bit lucky that the 59th ranked player in the country a defensive end his name's uh george Karlaftis. not sure how you pronounce it but he's from west lafayette so oh yeah that was in maybe an easy get there but they also brought in a couple four-star receivers yeah, so david bell pair them with rondell moore they're 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 back purdue is back i'm calling that <laughs> no i like that boiler one. up that, i i was that was a good pick. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. That does it for the winners. Let's, uh, and obviously, I mean, we didn't mention Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. Um, obvious. This obviously winners. Same old. Uh, LSU too. 
of course. LSU was pretty good. Eddie O did well. Yeah. Yeah. The SEC West. Yeah. 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 Just in general. Even Arkansas, they had like 11 four stars. And yeah. I mean, I am shocked that um, Chad Morris is able to recruit so well to Arkansas right now, just given the yeah. state of the program. I completely agree. Yeah. It was pretty horrible. It was a pretty horrible year. Uh, losers. Okay. Trey, who is your first loser? All right. Don't say me or Ryan. Don't say me yeah. or Ryan. Dang it. You took it right out of my mouth. Okay. Now, I'm going to first start out with Miami. So obviously the, the coaching change here didn't help. So they, they have a little asterisk, but, uh, but Rick was, he was letting the recruiting slide in his last few months before, before leaving. And I like Manny Diaz, but he's going to have to rebound in the 2020 cycle since they fell to 28th this year, which, you know, it doesn't sound bad, but the last two years they'd been eighth and twelfth. So for for Miami and and the U, they're going to have to get back up into the top twenty to to really start competing with uh, the Clemsons of the world in the ACC. Yeah, at least Diaz was able to get some some transfers. See, he was successful recruiting the portal. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I, I think they'll do do pretty well next year. I I think they'll get like top fifteen. Yeah, no, I I do too. I do too. Just this cycle wasn't obviously didn't go well. Yeah, no, it's, as well. It's true. They're a loser. Uh, another loser. I'm staying in the state of Florida. Florida State. Yeah. So i I would be very concerned if I were a Florida State fan. Obviously, the season didn't go well at all. But you thought the one thing Willie Taggart would definitely do was recruit lights out, and they finished 16th, which is their worst class since 2007. And maybe even more concerning than the overall finish of the class is the quarterback position. Yeah. So in the last couple of days, they missed out on two four-star quarterbacks to Ole Miss and to Maryland. And so that means Willie Taggart's first two classes. Zero quarterbacks. Zero quarterbacks. Yeah. That's crazy. And with the dismissal of DeAndre Francois, which we'll get to later, they now only have one scholarship quarterback on the roster, James Blackman. So... That's not good. They've, that is very bad. He's got bad. a plan, Michael. He's got a plan. Yeah, Taggart says he has a plan, which will include the uh, the transfer portal, which maybe he'll you know get a decent backup there. But ew, I don't know. Not good. Uh, actually, I think they have uh, two scholarship quarterbacks there, Michael. They got a redshirt freshman, Jordan Travis, on the roster apparently. So no, no, he's not a real person. He doesn't exist. No, he doesn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, really? okay. I thought I read they had one. But you, okay, two, fine. Either way, they're running low. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the ACC here. Uh, I'm gonna go with Louisville. Uh, they had the 73rd ranked class in the nation, and only a total of 14 recruits signed with them. So, rough start for Scott Satterfield. Um, he was definitely behind the eight ball when he got hired. They had a horrible year this year on the field, but he certainly didn't come up with with much to finish out the class. And they're they're 15 spots back of the next worst ACC team which is Boston College at 58. So, I mean, Louisville, they'll be in desperate need of a big and good class next year because it's uh, not much of a class this year. That, that's true. My next loser is UCLA. Oh, yeah. All right. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're all on board with this. But it's weird. It's it's really quiet at UCLA. You don't ever hear anything about them, especially in this recruiting phase. You didn't hear much. So Chip Kelly's first full class and his second year there – this isn't exactly what you'd want to see as a as a Bruin fan. They're ranked 43rd, and it, it, that's even more surprising in the sense that 
USC had one of their worst years, both on the field and in recruiting, yet they're still way behind them. And they're seventh in the Pac-12 in terms of the recruiting rankings. So that's that's not what you signed up for if you're a UCLA fan. Um, you know, we'll see what he can do. But Chip, Chip don't want to recruit. It, it really, it just feels like like he didn't even care. Yeah, that's what it feels like. He he didn't want to do interviews before the season. Like he's a former NFL coach, he should be making a buzz. But it seems like he just doesn't care. It is weird, and and even even with the the poor years of Mora, their recruiting classes were 19th, 20th and 13th in the previous 3 years. So it's like it's not it's not like this isn't it would be unprecedented to recruit well there. No. It, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, Ryan, you're Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, your call uh of of being skeptical of of Chip Kelly right when he was hired is is looking a little better. I mean, I know he at Oregon it's not like he was recruiting top 10 classes and he would coach guys up, but yep. I don't know. Yep. I just I would be so f- frustrated if if i were a ucla fan yep i'd be you know at this point you got you'd have to be surprised if it ended up working out you know well i, I, I don't know if i would go that mm-hmm. far but I'm not there yet but yeah we're getting right. closer to that point though all right just me just you uh, okay <laughs> here's my second loser and maybe this is a stupid one you guys can tell me if it's stupid but it's clemson so it's not stupid yeah kind, it's kind of odd they finished they finished 10th and that's not i mean they usually finish sort of around there they're never getting top five classes um and they've won two national championships so seems to be working out for them but usually they're they're ranked a little bit lower because they take so few players just because they have less defections they're usually all pretty much four and five stars but just not the quantity so you understand why they're rated low this year they took 29 guys but 15 of them were three stars it's their lowest rated average player since 2015 and so, again, maybe it doesn't matter that much because Dabo's getting the guys he wants and they coach him up. But to me, it's just surprising with the program. It's such a it just seems like everyone's having fun there. Who wouldn't want to go play there? Why aren't they a top two or three class? I just I guess I just don't get it. I kind of agree with you there, Mike. I mean, you would feel like it would be a top five type of recruiting us just on a consistent basis the way they've been doing it but yeah i don't know it's just and like i said it, it was on a per player basis before this year but this year they they took a step back there not sure why yeah it, i totally agree especially considering it's at an all-time high <laughs> yeah the program yep. yeah so clemson's going down guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> um all right i'll go with my next loser this one might be a little controversial as well I'm going with Ohio State. Hmm. Um, I know it's it's a little hard to be a loser with the 14th ranked overall class, but I mean 14th—that's about as bad as it gets for the Buckeyes. Um, you know, they would have finished a couple of spots higher, or maybe one, but they had one of their best recruits. He flipped to uh, Virginia Tech here, uh, Doug Nestor. He's an offensive guard from West Virginia, so that was a big loss for signing day. And it just seems like after Urban Meyer left, that their recruiting just kind of came to a halt. A couple guys left. I think a couple of 2020 guys may have jumped shipped as well. So, I mean, it's not a bad class by any means. Their, their average star ranking is still super high, but... Yeah, it's like top five. Yeah, it's like, it's third. It's still really high, but they, you know, they just didn't finish strong. They lost one of their top players and I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would disagree. I would disagree with this one. I mean, maybe it could have been a little better, but Ryan Day even said we're, we're kind of at our scholarship limit and and you could even count justin fields i was he just gonna say justin fields. as a recruit for this class 
And like, and they're just kind of, I think they're pretty much full. Maybe they could have got a couple more guys, but I don't know. I, I just think per player, it was still very good. Okay, fine. Well, agree <laughs> to disagree, I guess. Yeah. Fine. I see, I see both sides, but yeah, no, I, I see it. So I'm going to stay in the Pac-12 for, for myself. Uh, did UCLA last? I'm going to go with Utah here. Now, Utah isn't necessarily a recruiting juggernaut, but you know, sticking with the Pac-12, they they haven't had their best year, and the theme is just to kind of harp on them in pretty much all sports. You look at basketball right now. Oof, See, it's but, worse than basketball. Yeah, but the Utes, they tend to overachieve with, with, the, with the talent they have, but even the recruiting kind of slipped this year. The, the last three years, they've averaged about the 34th ranked class. This year, they slipped to 51st, which is actually ninth in the Pac-12. And, you know, coming off a year where even despite the injuries that they had, they made the Pac-12 title and, and almost beat Washington to, to get to the Rose Bowl. And so it was a little disappointing uh, in, in this recruiting class, in my opinion. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. Uh, I'm also sticking in the Pac-12 for my final loser, and it's Arizona. So their class ranked 55th, and they only had one four-star. And this is, for me, just kind of similar to to Florida State, where... Not only did the season go really poorly on the field, but you thought off the field, Kevin Sumlin, he's he's known for being a great recruiter. That's sort of why you hired him. And he has this class is worse than most of um, if not all of uh Rich, Rich Rod's, Rod's yeah, Rich Rod's classes. So And it's significantly behind Herm Edwards. True. Yeah, there you go. So I mean, come not, on. Not looking good for Arizona. No. No, I agree with that. Those those are some good ones. Uh, well, we'll keep the Pac-12 theme going here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Michael. Sorry, oh, no. I gotta, oh, no, no. I know. Sorry. We got to do it to you. <laughs> here it is. USC. USC. I mean, I know a lot of schools would be satisfied with the 18th ranked class, but I mean, that's just a huge disappointment for USC. I had mentioned it earlier. Losing Brew McCoy was the ultimate kick to the groin area because oh, he was not man. only USC's best recruit, but he was already at school he was enrolled and he'd rather have to sit out a year and go to a different school than stay at usc <laughs> um but another big issue is you know they they were third in their conference behind oregon and uw but those two schools they took a combined 22 recruits from the state of california i mean wow and the vast majority of those were high level four stars and like you mentioned like a ton from the la area so oh yeah yeah they're they're I like mean, the, the modern days, the Harvard Westlakes. I mean, Calabasas, like guys right around campus. Yep. Just nope, no thanks. I'll go to all of Oregon's California recruits. Pretty much were from the LA area. Yeah, it's crazy that they just they came right into USC's backyard and took them. And that's, I mean, that for for USC fans, that's just hugely alarming. Yeah, it's our it's our worst class in the rankings era, and it's going to get worse because Puka Nakua are four-star receiver is apparently going to sign elsewhere it looks like so either oregon or washington is what people think so we're gonna drop we might drop below nebraska wow usc might have a worse recruiting class than nebraska doesn't make sense they're in shambles man (laughs) nebraska (laughs) 20th not bad not bad what's that nebraska 20th not bad not bad and it might be 19th like i said by the time people listen to this i think nebraska is going to have a guy that won't make it either so oh really an offensive lineman juco but yeah okay anyways well they're neck and neck they're neck and neck (laughs) uh okay so those are the winners and losers but 
let's let's just name each of us go around and name one more team that maybe isn't necessarily a winner or a loser but wanted to bring them up for some reason so so ryan who's your all right your extra team so mine yeah mine is actually probably a winner if you had to give him a a winner or loser grade but i thought it was worth noting oklahoma oh yeah um their offense their offensive recruiting was just ridiculous um probably better talent than they've even had in the last few years honestly i mean they they got their five-star quarterback and spent spencer rattler out of arizona they have two five-star receivers and then another high four-star wide receiver who's some sites have as a five-star also so maybe three five-star wide receivers then you add in a four-star tight end a couple four-star offensive linemen i mean it's just an incredible offensive haul for for lincoln riley and you know they're going to terrorize defenses for years to come again so just sick just sick Uh, okay my extra team is mississippi state and we mentioned the sec west earlier i mean you can call you could call mississippi state a winner also ryan they were 24th overall but they're uh, also like 11th in the sec (laughs) that's the thing you could call them a loser because they are last in the sec west yeah that's bad behind Ole Miss and Arkansas that's not good I mean they're neck and neck they're right behind Arkansas and Ole Miss but but still I mean to to be really those three schools I guess let's call them losers because they happen to be in the same division as Alabama A&M LSU and Auburn who were all in the top 11 so brutal yeah. brutal sec west it's rough that is brutal i uh i'm t- i want to talk about tcu i'm 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 not seeing the best the best theme here i i love gary patterson he's done so much at tcu this past year on the field was kind of ugly they they had some injuries i'll give them that and then you had and it's not just because of the the now infamous cheese it bowl they won their but, bowl game <laughs> yeah so, you know, maybe I'm nitpicking or, or taking too much stock in the recruiting rankings, which obviously is a, an, an inexact science, but but the trend that I'm seeing is they've slipped there just a little bit. They were 33rd this year compared to years past. They were 28th, 25th, and 21st in prior years. And not only that, this year they only brought in three four-stars compared to having nine a couple years back. So the talent seems to be slightly diminishing maybe ever so slightly so i i hope tcu bounces back because i like them but it's not the best trend i'm seeing were they um i mean it's ou in texas significantly ahead of anybody else you know in the in the big 12 yeah um but was was tcu actually the third team in the or no, was it baylor i think baylor might have baylor been had baylor. Class. well they were right next to each other yeah iowa state's definitely trending up from the big big 12 yeah what they have they had an okay class, like 46 or something. All right. Now I'm I'm going to the rankings right now. I should have had it open already. So OU Texas is divi- con- the conference for sure. Okay. So yeah, Texas, Oklahoma, TCU is third. Okay. okay. Um, in the Big 12. Then yeah. Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. So, But they're all yeah. so close right there. So it's true. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I guess I'm not. I mean, you, you're not saying doom and gloom for TCU. No, but. no, not at all. I just, it's not the best pattern. Okay. Um, oh, one more thing I wanted to bring up was, did you guys see Miami's punter that they signed? Oh my gosh. Yeah, the tatted dude. <laughs> He's like 6'4". I don't know how much he weighs, but he is jacked. He's from Australia. And yeah, like you say, he's got he's completely tatted. He he looks awesome. The picture, <laughs> dude. The picture that he has just that's gone viral is is perfect. Good for Miami. Yeah, they had a they you were they were one of your losers, Trey. Right? But come on, that's a winner right there. 
Yeah, that's good point. Good point. Hey, we had wasn't Utah? What what was Utah? You said fifty something, fifty first or whatever they were. I think they got bumped up to forty eighth. So they're oh, did they just get somebody? Okay, they're moving on up. They're moving up, <laughs> but still, yeah. Um, okay, well that does it for recruiting. Let's uh, let's get to some news and notes. There's uh, some big news that we we missed this past week. The NCAA handed down a one year bull ban to Missouri. Um, also, a 5% scholarship reduction and 12.5% cut in official visits. And then, of course, because of the bull ban, that means seniors can transfer without penalty. And this comes after a tutor was, I guess, pretty much doing all of the work in classes for for some of the athletes. But she was not directed by anyone to do that. And then when Missouri found out, they were open and honest with the NCAA. So... Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this punishment, and what does it mean for Missouri going forward? So, personally, it seemed a bit harsh and unfair. Now, yeah, obviously, I'm not condoning tutors doing coursework for players, but... It sounded I, like you were, Trey. sounded like you were encouraging it. <laughs> yeah. The problem I'm having is is just it's hard to follow there, these inconsistencies with the punishments, it seems. You know, some schools tend to get the book thrown at them, and then some just get slaps on the wrist. So just like the last couple of years, you look at North Carolina, who had, they denied having these quote-unquote fake classes, yet Missouri is fully compliant, they're cooperative, and they admitted the wrongdoing, and then they get the hammer thrown at them. So I don't know, there's just some inconsistencies that I, I have trouble following. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Trey. I mean, even if, you know, I, let's just say they were consistent, I still think that taking a bowl game away for one tutor doing some people's work that to me that seems not fair maybe somehow i mean if you can i don't know punish the kids that actually did it or i don't know some other way but to punish the like eight like 60 70 kids that want to go to a bowl game and now they're not going to get to because one tutor that just it seems harsh it seems unfair to me no i mean there's pretty much unanimous agreement uh, it seems like among everybody that these were harsh yeah and Missouri got punished for complying with them, basically. But moving forward, I mean, this the reason this sucks is I think we were all going to be high on Missouri going into next year. I think they you guys some, are going to be higher than me, but yeah. Well, especially with Kelly Bryant. Yeah, Kelly Bryant. They had some other guys that could have gone pro that didn't. Um, so yeah, it, it, I mean, they'll still be good. Hopefully, they don't lose a ton of guys to transfer. But but yeah, it doesn't matter because they can't go to a bowl game. So. Um, and yeah, then the that, recruiting that sucks for them. The recruiting sanctions are going to hurt too. I mean, when you're recruiting in the SEC against Florida, Georgia, Alabama, all those teams, you, you can't afford when you're Missouri. Yeah, they to need lose any, any advantage they can get. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. sorry, Missouri fans, we are uh, not happy about it. But no. Moving on, DeAndre Francois has been dismissed from Florida State after his ex-girlfriend released audio, allegedly of DeAndre Francois. Uh, threatening to hit her and by the sounds of the audio maybe there was abuse in the audio um, and she st- stated on the instagram post that sh- he had abused her in the past and then the next day there was a post to her instagram account saying that the previous statements were not true but then that turned out to be a hack so crazy anyway it's either way not it's a crazy story definitely not a happy story and no. certainly deandre francois does not look good at all in this whole thing so what, no. what are your thoughts on this story, Ryan? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm glad that it came out. I'm glad she found the, you know, the courage to actually say something because, you know, all women should do that. 
And it's just, he's just not a good dude, man. How can you stay, say stuff like that, act like that towards a woman? It's not fair. I feel bad for her to have to be in that type of situation. You know, I'm sure she doesn't want anything like this to happen. And if you're Florida State, you absolutely had to dismiss him. Um, the, the right call. There's just no place for that. Yeah, he he deserves the dismissal and and you know, I'm not there's just no way no ifs ands or buts. It was it's terrible. But uh I hope he doesn't on for him on a personal level, I hope he doesn't end up wasting the talent that he has if and when he gets a second chance. Uh but it's man, like we've talked about, rough rough year for him and the Seminoles. Yeah, nothing else to add there. Um okay, we uh we move on to another not good story. Southern Miss head coach Jay Hobson, without notifying university officials, interviewed Art Bryles for their open offensive coordinator position. And when the university president found out about this, he stepped in and said that Art Bryles is no longer a candidate. And then Jay Hobson then came out with a statement. Basically, if I'm to summarize the the statement, he basically said, I wanted to hire him, but the university president wouldn't let me. Right. All right. So what are your thoughts on, on this whole situation? Well, I mean, I agree with the university president. Uh, Got to be honest with that. I mean, yeah. the, 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 I know that Bryles wasn't, he wasn't the person committing those, those crimes and he didn't do those things. But, you know, from all the stuff that came out, he's not exactly an innocent man. So, you know, and then the, was it, the coach said, um, I wouldn't, he said he'd, said the three he's been punished enough like not being able to coach for three years is a punishment for him it's like i (laughs) really i mean that to me that's just total bs i mean i wouldn't call three years of not being able to coach football uh much of a punishment so if i was a university i just i would never hire him i'd stay completely away um you just can't have you can't have that as a part of your university yeah and and the i just what i don't get here is why is jay hobson why did he release this statement? Like it's antagonizing. Yeah, what's the benefit for him? Yeah, what's the be- it's antagonizing the university? Uh, how do you think yeah. it's going to play publicly when you're coming out to bat for Art Bryles and you're using language like, "Well, personally, he committed no crime," to trying to diminish what happened there? Exactly. Another thing he said in the in the um, statement was, "quote He may not have acted in proper protocol, but." And then yada yada. Yeah, yeah. It's he's belittling what happened there. I mean, the accusations are that he learned about a gang rape allegation against multiple players and failed to report it to anyone. Yeah, and that thirty-one of his players were accused of fifty-two sexual assaults. So all kind of you know he was the one in charge. He's the one that recruited those players. So, but but it's okay, I guess, because it was a couple years ago. Because he loves God, according to. uh According to Jay Hobson. So it's all good. Just hire him. I mean, and it, if I'm Hobson, I I understand wanting to make a splash hire to get excitement about the program. Mm-hmm. But first of all, going after Art Bryles, maybe a no-no. And then number two, like we've talked about, doubling down and making that statement, just not a good look. Yeah. So I don't I don't blame Southern Miss for, for squashing that. They don't want that type of attention. Wouldn't be good in recruiting living rooms. So it, he'd be too big of a distraction. I don't think our Bryles is ever going to coach again. I mean, he he couldn't even get a gig in the CFL without it blowing up. I mean, he can't even go to Canada, a different country, and make it work. So, yeah, I mean, you might be right. I think I th- I would predict that he will. I mean, guys, just every year they seem to want to hire him, and as more time passes, people 
I don't know. Yep. They're just going to want to hire him. Like Hugh Freeze at Liberty. I mean, it didn't take long. So, I mean, not that I'm not comparing the two, but yeah, it's way but, different, but totally different. But people forgive and forget over time. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow. We, we, we were some big J journalists there, guys. How about that? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Dealing with some sensitive issues with, with, with tact, I might add. Yeah. We don't, you don't usually do that. It's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> You're a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I'm sweating a little bit right now. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get into the questionable finish. That's a little safer for us. Yeah. Clemson football's intramural basketball team won its first game of the season 74 to 14. Name a time when you had an unfair advantage over your opponent. Alrighty, I'll go first here with there's a basketball related as well. I was coaching the JV basketball team in high school and we had a really good team that year and we were playing this small private school and they were primarily kind of like an artsy school and I mean, we just annihilated them. I think we were up thirty-five to nothing at one point. And oh my god! <laughs> trust me, I wasn't like I wasn't like pressing or anything, like trying to run up the score. I was, you know, putting in everybody I could at the end of the bench and doing half court, but just I I couldn't level the playing field no matter what I did. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so I'm not sure if I've told this story on the podcast already, but when I was in high school, I was in a program where you go to a local ele- elementary school and you mentor a student. And so I played chess many times against a third grader. Oh no! When I was in high, and he dominated me. He was he was really good. He played with his dad all the time, and I was terrible. And I did I, I didn't even let him win. He just beat me. Wow! So it was an unfair advantage for you. I guess it was an unfair advantage for, for him, him. I mean, yeah. Even though I'm way older, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've had an unfair advantage on on this podcast, and in particular, you know, I'm so knowledgeable. On college football, that in our triv- our oh. trivia episodes, <laughs> I have to dumb down oh. and I have to make it competitive. So I try to let Ryan win by missing so many questions. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Didn't see that coming, huh? Oh, thanks, Trey. Yeah, you're welcome. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jalen Hurts was excited to find that Oklahoma has a donut shop called Hurts Donuts. What is your favorite dumb joke from childhood? All right. I'm going to tell two. Okay. What's a what's a dentist's favorite time? 2.30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2.30. All right. Why should you knock before you open the fridge door? Why? There might be a salad dressing. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Right. That's, that's a PG joke. Yes. <laughs> Um, did they have salads back when we were kids? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Call back to Ryan asking if salads existed <laughs> in the 50s. <laughs> uh, okay, my, uh, that's actually my favorite joke, too, the one you just told, Trey. Which one? Not. Oh, yeah. Oh, good, <laughs> good. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's mine. Wow. Oh, so, okay, that's yours, Mike? That's my joke, is saying not after <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Borat. <laughs> All right. Uh, mine is, uh, what's a pirate's favorite restaurant? <laughs> okay. I'm going to let you say it. <laughs> Arby's. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, Adnan Verk was fired from ESPN last Friday after being accused of leaking confidential information on multiple occasions. If you were to leak something confidential about this podcast, what would it be? So I'll get us started, and I would leak that Ryan records the podcast from his closet. 
<laughs> I'm I'm like half in it and half out, so true. You know? True. Yeah. You do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, it's great audio though, right? The audio is great in here. <laughs> the acoustics. Believe it or not, we don't record in, in some fancy studio and we're in three different locations almost at all time all always. Yep. You guys are close, about a couple miles, but I'm up in LA, so someday we'll record a podcast all in the same room. Yeah. You might hear punches thrown. Yeah, could be. Yeah. All right, well, mine is, um, you know, we are the college football bros, but we are not all blood-related. Um, you know, Michael's actually adopted. What? So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that true? It's my. You're going to break that news on my birthday week? <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. You know, it's you're, you're, you're turning 30, yeah. so figured it was about time to let you know. <laughs> is this news to dad as well? <laughs> <laughs> all right uh great note to end on uh thank you for listening to the 2019 recruiting recap episode once again please send us questions for next week's podcast uh mailbag episode at cfb bros is our twitter handle and our email address is collegefootballbros at gmail.com or you can snapchat trey at don't like even. I said, shy cutie sixty nine. <laughs> oh shy cutie sixty nine. Oh my! <laughs> uh, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.